0: Hi, welcome to my podcast. I'm Dr. Lauren Goodall, a clinical psychologist, and this is Psychology in Short. Okay, today's topic is going to be intergenerational trauma effects, okay? So I'm gonna explain that in a minute. Uh, First, I'm just gonna uh, say a little bit about my book. My book is uh, Bipolar is Not an STD. Um, and why that may be of interest in you is not just about bipolar, it's about my work uh, for many years with mood disorders, anxiety, depression, panic, bipolar, bipolar spectrum, and basically the motivation behind writing that book was wanting to see people get better faster. I noticed certain trends, certain factors that people were getting that wasn't necessarily shall we say written in the books um because it takes a long time to publish information so we're only as good as our ability to publish it out quickly so i figured um if i talk to people and gather some of that information obviously through my work and educate people on some of their symptoms and things like that i think Things go a lot further faster. They're able to talk to their providers, ask better questions, things like that. Because many mood disorders, depending on which one you're talking about, specifically more in the area of the bipolar, bipolar spectrum, get misdiagnosed by six years plus. Okay, they're on all wrong meds and things like that. Anyway, so that was the motivation behind the book. And um, I also talked a little bit about my own world prior to entering this uh, world as a psychologist and if you like a little bit of misery and suffering <laughs> then you know uh if you're a person who carries heavy and um, you you know i think you might be able to relate to the book so that's my book by Bullers not an std available at amazon all right uh before we really get started i think you can, may even be able to hear this i'm on a boat and it's really really windy um so much so that uh you know, I've been up in the wee hours of the morning we are tied by the way and so it's safe it's not that it's not safe but um, you still get a lot of rotation on a boat and you definitely get constant whistling and I can just say my dog is not totally appreciating this experience although we've gone through it several times together um, but technically we love it and uh, so it is what it is and hopefully I apologize for the wind tunnel effects but uh, I've been pretty delayed in getting something out and uh, so I said you know what I'm just gonna I'm just gonna quarterback it today and and just kind of put some ideas out there Uh, so thank you for your tolerance with that The topic is intergenerational trauma or intergenerational uh, effects. And what that means is, uh, I guess I'll start with some examples. Um, For instance, if you have a parent, okay, just saying, I'm just gonna use the dad as an instance, okay, who's uh, pretty irritable, kind of prone to getting irritable quickly anger heavy-handed okay and maybe you experience that heavy-handed like quick to hit quick to yell kind of thing like that okay um and obviously we know that's pretty tough stuff and 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 you certainly don't want a kid to experience it but if you were the kid that experienced that okay you learn basically to get out of the way uh shut up don't escalate a situation and it can also cause a lot of self-esteem problems but something that level of reactivity that that parent is expressing because it could be a woman it could be a man who has a level of reactivity usually goes back okay uh, back in time okay and i'm not making excuses so don't think this is an excuse profile it isn't but i do think you have to understand things in order to correct things and if you just look at something like behavior you can say oh well my parent was a big hitter, um that kind of thing or a big yeller or whatever but i'm not going to do that so why do i care it stops with me great okay but those side effects okay the side effects of what was going on with that parent you still got okay you got the residual effect of being maybe ignored or somebody who's in your face right things like that so it will affect you to a certain degree and you might say well I've got most of this mastered I figured it out and I'm gonna be a better parent okay great you're going to be a better parent but do not be surprised if some of that stuff that comes down the line again shows up in your own kids people expect it not to show up okay like there i have sat with parents who have been quote good parents despite what they have experienced and to the best of their ability they've put in this uh you know support that support what have you but now they've got these problemed kids, and they're like, where's this coming from? Hey, whatever rolls down the line continues to roll the line. We roll down the line. The best example of that is medical. You go into, you know, any type of doctor situation, they want your medical history. You can't even breathe around these people without their medical history. And I'll do respect, please. Um, I have friends who are physicians. It's, it's respectful. But... You can't say anything without them wanting to know your genetic code, as I say. What is that? How many people in your family have had heart problems? How many people in your family have had diabetes? Okay, Uh, dementia, you name it. They wanna know autoimmune disorders. Why is that important? Cancer, why is that important? Because it's likely to show up again. They wouldn't bother with that if it wasn't important. It is well somehow people think psychology just has a way of correcting itself and it will never resurrect again okay Um, so I'm here to kind of correct that notion okay and most people are going in that whole behavioral thing like hey you know I checked my behavior blah 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 Um, yeah well you might overcompensate you know you may not yell at your kids You may not have an anger issue. You may not be heavy handed. No, you might micromanage them. You might be a helicopter parent who's all over them constantly trying to control external situations. And that's gonna cause problems as well, okay? So your little side effect profile, no offense to you, is now seeping into your kids, okay? Is, first of all, let's just say this. Is there any perfect parenting? No. Parenting is a learning curve and kids don't come with manuals. And unless you understand, have a, a coursework in biochemistry, uh, in terms of brain chemistry, when I say that, in terms of mood chemistry, which I think these these courses should be taught in high school. Okay? This is important part of understanding when your kids have problems and things like that, what to do, how to recognize and how to work with it. But, you know, we're we're delayed in those areas of mental health we're getting better we're definitely getting better but we still have some delays and i say the better you educate people the quicker they're going to grab onto it and move with it um so like i said medical factors are important they're generational okay well psychological factors are important and they are generational And i just pointed out that maybe you don't have that level of reactivity that was imposed on you with yelling or hitting or something like that Um, but you experience the side effects of that okay as i said you may shut down or you may be very confrontational pretty quickly like you might uh be the most defensive person around where some Somebody can't say anything to you because you are going to get defensive. In part, you learned that, right? It was a way, and what we keep behaviors that kind of work for us, okay, until they stop working. All right, but I wanna stick to the concept and talk a little bit about the intergenerational. Uh, effects so while we are judging this parent who is um, what I'm going to say is very reactive right Um, and the question is why are they reactive well they may have a lot of anxiety okay they might have been exposed to abandonment neglect okay usually parents who are reactive come with a history okay they don't usually just "Ah, I think I'll just be like this no uh, maybe they were exposed to some level of natural disaster, trauma, um, things like that. Uh, fear, reactivity, anger, they all seem to breed along this reactivity line. Well, I guess I'm. What I mean is anxiety is reactive, right? Person feels it, responds to it, it's adrenaline, right? Anger is a lot of adrenaline. I call it adrenaline on steroids. Okay, you got to have energy to be angry. Okay, that's why a lot of depressed people, not necessarily, their anger usually goes inward more towards themselves. Okay, so depressed people have more of that sensitivity factor, they're quieter, Um, whereas anxiety is going to be more visible. Anger is going to be more visible and more reactive. Okay, so going back through the parental line, you say, what made this parent act like this? Like I said, it could have been things in their environment. They could have been exposed to natural disasters, fires, uh, military uh, experience. You do not go into wartime experiences and expect your biochemistry to come out the same okay you have to have genetic buffers to be able to compartmentalize that kind of degree of stimulation (laughs) that's an understatement okay but if there's any genetic susceptibility well it's going to grab on okay and most people will have side effects from seeing some I I don't care who you are you're going to take a certain amount of that in and be reactive to it because you're going to feel it Anyway, so going back to the, I'm just gonna say the dysfunctional parental behavior. You go back another line, and you see that what that parent was raised by. Maybe it was neglect. Maybe it was heavy handedness. Maybe it was yelling. Maybe it was constant criticism. Okay, so you start to see that people rarely act in isolation the behavior is going to make sense on some level, on some level. If you're looking at it first, you say, well, that doesn't really make sense. You know, um, this person got so reactive and I just poured the cereal bowl wrong and they were like, ah, they were all over it. Okay. Not about the situation, but where's the reactivity coming from? Well, I'll tell you where reactivity comes from. It comes from a brain's biochemistry. When people in terms of their mood neurotransmitters, their serotonin, their calming, uh, the ability to calm. Their norepinephrine is their, their energy site. Now, if your norepinephrine, for example, likes to go off like a four alarm fire for everything, let's just say, um, and, and this happens with anxiety disorders and, it, and you know it's painful. Person will say, you know, I wasn't thinking about anything. And then I got really panicky. Well, they're not lying to you, okay? And they're not being quote dramatic either. There is a brain switch that is basically dumping too much norepinephrine. This is very simplified. I'm I'm giving you. It's a little bit more complex than this. There's a lot of chemical messengers involved, things like that. But I'm trying to give you kind of some basics, some general overview so that when you see this, you may, may look at it from a couple different angles in terms of how to be helpful for a person like this instead of judging them, okay? So if the norepinephrine dumps like that, you're going to feel like you're having a heart attack. Okay, you've got too much energy, and the body can't get rid of it fast enough. So they'll have signs of panic, sweating, heart racing, all of that. So, the, so keep in mind these quote tendencies of hyper firing or under firing. Okay, are going to have effects on the body and the whole messaging messaging system. Okay. Because keep in mind, the brain likes to operate and basically is constantly, for lack of better words, sending texts throughout the body, okay, do this, do that. It's a messenger system, okay. It's electronic, it's electrical, it's chemical, and it's hormonal, okay. So when you think of brain cells, I say think of a cell body, okay, everything, is, everything in our brain is made up of cells, And then instead of going with the technical terminology, I'm going to use non-technical because a lot of people don't want to hang on to all the words. It's just too many words, too many details. I get it. Okay, so think of that, a, a, a cell body, but then there's a long, like, electrical cord, okay? And it's connected to an electrical outlet, right? You gotta have you gotta have an energy source. Well, if that electrical outlet malfunctions and shoots too much uh, brain chemical, like as in norepinephrine, too much energy, you're gonna feel like holy, holy cow! I can't function. My whole body is jumping. I can't think. I can't get anything done. Okay, something like that is gonna cause a lot of reactivity, usually more panic reactivity okay, they're going to want to shut down, they're going to want to keep their world small, they don't want to leave the house, that kind of thing, because, you know, it's like your own personal tsunami, and until you understand from behavioral to biochemistry what's behind something, you're going to have a lot of judgments and a lot of opinions, and yes, thoughts do matter, and psychology is all about managing those thoughts when the underlying, uh, system is hyper firing or hypo not firing enough. Depression is like not firing enough. No energy. Zippo. Um that's why you see people like, why is this, you know, how come they're just not cleaning the house? How come they're just, you know, uh not taking enough showers, whatever. You need energy to do all of that. Okay? So think of the electrical cord and the electrical outlet and the whole messaging system and now how your messaging system works does it hyperfire well if it screws up a lot people are going to want to look to self-medicate hence you get a lot of addictions okay why because there's some aspect of whatever they're using alcohol drugs that's kind of calming that system down all right but going back okay so that's my little that's my mini biological uh interpretation so in other words psychology is under thoughts and regulating thinking but you also have to know what the underlying dynamic is why are the thoughts getting wiry well there's a reason why the thoughts are getting wiry we are programmed to think, you know for a fight or flight system in emergencies okay if your kid's trapped under a car and you need energy to get through that emergency well your brain will deliver it and it's nice though if it could deliver it and shut it off And you hear stories where a parent was able to lift up a car to get it off their kid successfully. Where do you get that kind of energy? Um, The fight or flight system. When you hear about some people who are getting into trouble and they have this super strength, well, of course, some of that's drug related, but the drug system is activating um, the sympathetic system. So all of that is kind of coming together. All right. Back to my topic, intergenerational trauma. So I'm kind of showing you a little bit of a medical basis behind the psychological, okay? And that you just don't go back and just say, well, I had a terrible parent. Well, maybe you did, maybe you didn't, I don't know. But you better understand a little bit of the circumstances. And if you're not really, why do you need to know that stuff? Some people are like, why do I need to know? Why does it matter? As I said, because you might see it in your own kids, okay? and you might need to manage yourself from being over react, overly reactive uh, or not just overly reactive you might be overprotective. you might act fearful overly fearful and that is getting transmitted downward okay and dr gabor mate he does he's a psychiatrist he's done he's He's done a lot of work on addictions so that I think is pretty phenomenal. Um, and he, he brought up this topic, and I thought it was really great to bring this in, in terms of uh, intergenerational trauma. And he talked about, we always hear, you know, don't get a pregnant woman upset. And I think a lot of people, they get it from a common sense perspective, but they don't really get it, get it. So what he is talking about, well, I don't want, you know, go refer to his own videos and things like that. Um, I'm sort of integrating, uh, bringing up the topic he brought up, and I'm taking it from a psychological standpoint, so a little bit different. But some similarities there. In that, he gave examples of women who were going through World War II with their babies and their infants, okay? All of a sudden, this fear comes over this mother Okay, because, hey, food's gonna be scarce, you're gonna be in a fighting mode, things like that. Now this warm, cuddly mother is more stiff, stressed, and babies don't need words to communicate. They know something's changed, okay? They watch that mother closely for cues and her behavioral responses and her energy output is getting conveyed. Um, So now these babies are suffering kind of as a side effect profile of what's going on with that mom. She's not trying to do that to her child by any way, but her level of stress is now so activated because of her, her external environment and what's, you know, what, you know, how is she going to have some level of safety, security the whole 9 yards? The baby's picking up on that all the way through. Now, when a mother is carrying a child in utero, there are there is research where When mom is going through severe stress, it's going to affect the way the brain develops in that baby in in utero, okay? So she's still carrying that child. Um, The brain cell connections, okay? They say cognitive development, which is intellectual development, it, it can be affected. So a mother who's very stressed out is going to actually have a biological imprint, not just a psychological imprint, but a biological imprint on that baby and how that baby uh, from, from a developmental standpoint uh, and intellectual, emotional, all of that, all the, all the wiring that goes in to, to having a child all the physical, all the structural wiring is now being affected, and then you're going to have chemical wiring and influences and in hormonal dysregulation. So it is very important uh, when a woman is carrying a child that she be buffered from stress and have it, you know, you know, have it dealt with in a variety of different ways so that she is not overly uh, reactive, overly, um, you know... Um, how shall I say? just panicky? you don't want her in that state because all those hormones are now being passed down to the baby. all right, so you can see that prenatally and you can see that postnatally so even though you may not have directly been involved in a situation, you pick up the side effects, okay uh, for instance. Like I said, if you had a parent that was fear-based, and maybe they were fear-based because a parent died very young, they had a lot of anxiety, things like that, your child is going to pick up on your anxiety, okay? And that's not good. You don't want a child to be uh, very insecure about things. Or maybe you overprotect. And that really is giving a child the message that they... To, to not have confidence in their own abilities that they're a poor decision maker you don't want that to travel down but those are messages that happen and they're more nonverbal. some are verbal I mean some some parents are verbally abusive and criticize their kids to death and nothing's good enough and they never look right enough of course you're going to have effects of that but most people don't realize that they think hey Bad behavior stops with me. My parent was heavy-handed. They yelled a lot, and we all got hit. Well, these days, you can't really do that. But it still happens, okay? I'm sure cross-culturally or wherever, some degree. But more important to understanding that, by going beyond that behavior, is understanding the reactivity level with that person is not okay, all right? You shouldn't, be, you shouldn't have such a uh, reaction okay, a quick temper, things like that, so maybe they've got some depression, maybe they've got some anxiety, maybe they've got some level of bipolar, Um, and I say some level of bipolar, because bipolar isn't an all-or-nothing thing, there are different types of responses, uh, on a certain level of, uh, say, bipolar 2, which is mostly depression, you're going to have an under-response, okay, because it's depression, it's low motivation, it's low energy, whereas if you got, bipolar one that is much more of a highs lows manic episodes some mania is good in energy too much energy is bad and it becomes anger explosive anger how do you see, see that sometimes you know people who are when they drive and they have road rage and they complain about every driver on the road and everything irritates them okay don't think anger management classes okay that is uh That's a topical formulation that I've never seen work, okay? It sounds good in theory, but you're not getting to the root of the problem. You know, everybody's going to have a little reactivity when they're driving if somebody's a complete clown in front of them or what have you. But constant reactivity tells you something's not working right that needs to be settled down in their biochemistry or worked through, as in talk therapy, Some something's stuck something has to be resolved and worked through so don't just look at the behavior look at what may be generationally down the line and not just say look at your parent in a in a very judgmental way look at that way that if you hear generally how that parent was treated oh lord you know you you start to see how this stuff just segues straight down and if you think you're completely clear of it, even the mildest stuff, no, <laughs> not really. It, it will, I call it like cockroaches. This stuff will show up in your kids, okay? You might be fine and you're like, hey, I got through it, fine, I'm done, change your behavior. No, let's not be, I hate to say this, let's not be simpletons, okay? I love understanding behavior, but you've got to know some of the biology some of the biochemistry of the brain and why people react, and if you solve some of that through a combination, some people need medication to solve that reactivity, some people need a lot of therapy to kind of heal through traumas and and all of that, and it's a, sometimes it's a combination of both, and especially if a person's very reactive, it is a combination of both. but working things through is going to help you. But don't get overconfident and think this isn't going to happen to your kids. It might not happen to your kids. It might show up in your grandkids. So understanding intergenerational trauma, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to act the way your parent did. Okay? No. No. There's plenty of people say, hey, I I changed that. This is not playing out. But the side effect profile of what you experienced being you know maybe a parent was absent okay they weren't there as much um uh, when they needed to be emotionally absent physically there emotionally absent you name it uh you will carry that you will carry the side effect profile of that so at the end of the day psychology biology all makes sense so Don't just look at a behavior, okay? And think about intergenerational trauma because it's very easy to say, hey, I'm not the one who became the alcoholic. No, but you might have been raised by, you didn't have the trauma that might have induced this person to to become an alcoholic and drink. (laughs) But you have uh, experienced some of that not feeling connected to, or a a parent that was unavailable, and how to work through that in your own psyche, and your own psychology, so there's always a side effect profile, just like there is with medication, you know, there's the good part of it, and sometimes you have to deal with a side effect profile, so it doesn't matter if you weren't dealing with the substance abuse yourself, you were dealing with the psychological effects of the substance abuse, or any other you know uh trauma experience they had if you had a parent who was in the military if you had a parent who has extreme anxiety and if you understand that they were moved from place to place to place and never had any roots and things like that so there's a million ways uh to develop that reactivity or sensitivity and i am just encouraging people to not just look at behavior okay go past it go Try to line it up a couple generations and you're going to see where some things make sense. And don't rule out your own side effects. Maybe you're too overprotective. Maybe you don't give your kids enough of a voice. Maybe you're, you're a little too controlling. You're trying to control environments too much um, because of your own experiences. So anyway, I think we'll close up on that note. And uh, thank you again for joining me. And I look forward to having you back. Thanks.